Hey guys, you are tuned to the Nut Health Podcast and I'm your host, Christine Digital. Welcome to another episode and today is, uh, or rather this marks the last episode of the Alcohol Awareness Month, which we were doing in April and in today's episode we talk about young people and the effect that alcohol has on them and I have with me two guests. Who are one is a child counselor or a children's therapist, and the other is an addiction counselor. And you do want to hear from them because they share a lot of insightful information, and they also get to share the status of alcohol use in the country among young people. And it might surprise you to know that eighty percent of children aged ten to fourteen years have already used alcohol and i found that um i mean that was an astonishing statistic so you can see just how young an age we are having our kids introduced to alcohol and it goes even lower in certain areas because of uh, again environment and exposure as low as eight years so you will learn this you will learn some skills that you as a young person needs to develop or you as a parent needs to impart on your children so that they can be able to make choices that allow them to have full uh, healthy lives and to be able to live to their full potential. So do listen to the very end and you are going to learn quite a bit. So I'm joined by two guests. Uh, Brenda and Phyllis, and I'm just going to give you time to introduce yourself. So we can start with Brenda. Thank you, Christine. Uh, my name is Brenda Kimemia. I describe myself as an optimist who, and a growth-oriented person. I enjoy dancing, reading, traveling. I um, I am a daughter. I am a sister to four siblings. I have how many? Eight nephews and nieces. And I uh, work as a play therapist and counselor uh, an organization in Nairobi. Yeah, clinical setting, actually. Okay. Yes. I don't know if there is anything you'd like to know about me. Uh, I just want you to uh, tell us a little more about the play therapist. Oh, okay. Um, Play therapy is a field of practice. It's still, it's one of the areas under psychotherapy, which focuses on using play. as an avenue to support children and adolescents to deal with their challenges and cope better with their emotions and learn uh, life skills. Uh, So it's a form of psychotherapy that uses play. And play includes um, the actual different forms of play, there's art, there's music, there's dance, there's uh, writing, there's also the physical toys that we could use as well. So it works very well with children because that's 
uh, a language they use to communicate and to learn and yes <laughs> i also work as a counselor all right yes for children and adolescents and young yes. adults yes and young adults at times i also support parents um okay. and older older people but primarily most of the time over 80% of uh, the people i work with or the clients i see are uh, below 21 uh-huh yes yes all right mm-hmm. well welcome to the show thank you all right then so phyllis tell us about you thank you christine um who is phyllis phyllis is a loving um kind curious by nature person. Um, I am a banker by profession. I am a, an addiction counselor. I'm a business. I'm a mother of one. Uh, and I'm also a recovering alcoholic. Right. So um, my job as an addiction counselor um, currently I'm not practicing in a in a professional setting, but I'm doing it privately. Um, what I do is I help the individual who is um, suffering from alcohol addiction to be able to identify what are their resources within and also around them in which they can use to be able to live a better life free from all right yes. okay thank you so much i don't know whether it's a, a counselor's thing so you are there's you too and the, my last guest is also a counselor or a therapist and your introduction not natural i'm so and so and i do and i do you know <laughs> no. Like I think counseling just requires you to be introspective. Yeah, it comes by design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. yeah, there's there's more to you than what you do and um the roles you fulfill. Well that's that's a good reminder. Yeah. All right, so we are talking about alcohol. Yes. And particularly how it it affects young people. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm just going to be throwing out the first question, and you, whoever feels, or you can both answer it. And uh, what is the alcohol situation among the Kenyan youths, like adolescents, young adults? Okay. Um. According to a recent national survey, over about 40% of Kenyans between 15 to 65 consume alcohol. Then uh, from that aside, 80% of children between the ages of 10 to 14 have already used alcohol. So that gives you a feel of um, 
in terms of the amount of people that are using, including children, yeah, that are are already using it. What, 10, 10 to 14 is young? Yes, it's quite young, it's very young. And you, in, in some areas, you will find that it, the ages are even younger from eight, especially in, in um, um, the slum areas, slum dwellings, yeah, because of the environment. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And what, what are the most uh, common alcohol-related problems that you have encountered among young people? Um, some of the main main issues or problems I've encountered include health in terms of um we begin from the brain what it does to the brain so especially for underage below below underage drinkers it it affects the their memory and their ability to learn. Then um, it also affects their liver, weight loss, and strokes, the ability, sorry, the, um, yeah, it, you're more susceptible to get stroke and stomach ulcers. So it also affects your relationships, it affects your performance at work or at school. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot around it, including even injuries or violence. To start with some of the things. And especially violence, I would imagine, because like I can't tell you the number of times I've seen, you know, youngsters, they go drinking and the mm. next thing you go in a fight that has broken out. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> this effects this this effects like in terms of the effects that the alcohol has on their health, on relationships, does it vary by gender? Um if in terms of relationships, the effects are still the same, but in terms of health, women are more affected by the use of alcohol. If you even for a standard drink, in terms of um, for a standard drink, man and woman, the man can take two drinks. That's what is recommended, yeah. and a woman can only take a drink per day. So that shows you that um, as women, uh, what happens is our bodies are not able to metabolize alcohol the same way a man metabolizes alcohol because we have less water in our in our bodies as compared to men. Yeah. So it leaves you more susceptible to some of these health implications, um, including. The increased risk to cancer, especially breast cancer, it lowers immunity, then the liver. It also, it also uh, balance, um, it balances your hormones. So if you've been drinking, if you are a heavy drinker, you, you'll realize sometimes you'll even miss your periods. So the, the effects are in your body, health-wise, are different from a man. But in terms of relationships, it's it's nearly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I want to add the the effect on uh, again effects of uh, of the alcohol. There is uh, the thing of um, 
you know how alcohol impairs judgment yes yes and so people are likely to have more risky sexual behavior true true yeah yes. and even driving recklessly yes punching um you know crazy stunts you know like skating off a high place just doing a lot of risky behavior yes yeah. you're right yes yeah and i would also add the like with risky sexual behavior then i would imagine young like pregnancies early pregnancies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. True. Oh, yeah. true and the risk of getting hiv and stds and stis Sure. Yeah. 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 And right. and something something unique to young people is also um the brain. Yeah. The brain um continues to develop up to 25 years. Mm-hmm. So for people who start to abuse alcohol when they are younger, right now we are seeing uh, 80% have used at uh 10 to 14 so we, we imagine all these people um have exposed their brain to alcohol and what alcohol does it's kind of um limits uh the development of the brain um so the brain develops from the back to the front so there are aspects of the brain like the prefrontal cortex which helps us in reasoning and understanding and judgment uh which develops much later in, in life so if you start drinking alcohol when you're young it may limit the de- full development of certain aspects especially the prefrontal cortex which we use with the higher thinking skills like reasoning critical problem solving so you find that this person is not able to make good judgment much later in life even if they stop taking alcohol um yeah so it can so the alcohol on a, a young person's brain would actually cause the brain to either stop or to either uh in some cases even regress yeah mm-hmm. or slow down brain development so it actually has parenting effects for a younger child and adolescent than for someone who begins to abuse drugs when they are above 25 wow that is that is scary and and to add on to to that another area that is affected by early usage is the hippocampus it's also a part of the brain mm-hmm. so this part of the brain is is um helps in learning and storage of short term memories mm-hmm. so what happens is when you drink early or when you drink before the 25 years because we are told it, the brain fully develops when you're 25 years so when you yeah. drink before your 25 years it destroys the cells some of the cells or they don't develop fully so what happens is you'll find these people have difficulties in learning and in keeping memories so that's another area 
and I think this is important for people to know and infants or guardians or even and the young people themselves because you see how much damage you can do. Mm, yes, true. By Very you know, by, by just having this this just being reckless and or just not having information and you're just using alcohol and you don't know how it affects you. True. Hey, that that's important, and this brings me to the next question: What exposes young people to alcohol? Uh, I think it's from environment mainly. Uh-huh. Mainly, what what um, exposes young people to alcohol is the environment in which the person is in, in terms of at home is alcohol being used. Is alcohol being used by the parents or older siblings? Is 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 there a, a family permissive to to use of alcohol? We have have heard of stories where the son a son comes home and he's applauded by the father, or even the the peers the peers that he's keeping are they are they permissive of this? Are they encouraging? Is there peer pressure? Is there peer rejection when this this child does not use? So those are some of the environmental, of course, including advertisements and billboards and whatnot. Yeah, media that exposes. Yeah, media that exposes the young people mm. to alcohol. Yeah, I could I could also add maybe curiosity. At times, people are curious about um, this thing. And yeah, I guess the curiosity is driven by seeing other people use it and the effect it may have on them. Uh, and I guess there are certain places because alcohol is easily available. Think of in the slums or in certain neighborhoods where there are so many bars. The availability makes it easier for uh, youth to access this uh alcohol and yeah i guess it makes it easier for them to be curious because they're seeing it every day people are buying it people are using it so yes uh, the environment really does play a role in um it's being exposed to alcohol yeah this reminds me of my last mm-hmm. guest grace she she mm-hmm. said she about how in mm-hmm. some fun or in some like this would contribute to environments where like their uncles or you had you have festivities and when the uncles gather around they'd be calling the boys and you know giving them a drink. Yeah that also contributes. Okay, so let me ask this. So you see mm-hmm. we are talking about an environment and an exposure. Question is like yeah. should should kids see like the older folks drinking, or is it okay to have alcohol in your home? And uh, just, mm-hmm. let me just add something, and this is also bearing mm-hmm. in mind. This is like the way we see in the in the West countries, mm-hmm. we'll see them having wine, we'll see them having you know alcohol with milk. In fact, I recently went to some place, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. it's a restaurant that serves alcoholic drinks. Mm-hmm. And this 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 couple. It was actually yeah. so more like family, and they were white, and they came with their kids, and their kids are really, really young. Like, mm-hmm. 
definitely below 10 actually it could be 6 7 8 there about 6 because they were just running around and then they were having yeah. their day yeah and yeah. the kids running around so like at what point do we should a kid allowed to see you taking alcohol yeah i i hear you uh yeah it's something common i think happens uh, is there a regulation on that i don't not that i know of. there's no regulation governing that but personally um as a therapist just knowing that the environment shapes behavior and the behavior of drinking alcohol is harmful i'd say no because uh, it kind of children are very impressionable what they see is what they do that's how they learn how to walk talk that's how they pick up certain behaviors so they they, they really uh see and do huh? monkey see monkey do <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you've had that phrase yeah, yeah so uh do we really need to um expose our children to pick up the habit of drinking alcohol uh knowing that it is has no you and has a lot of harm i i would suggest not <laughs> yes no. especially now that we know how early usage can affect brain development it makes it even louder no yeah yeah when you understand yeah. the consequences then you are more like it should drive you mm. yes all right So then there is this statement mm-hmm. or there is this belief especially with young people mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, drinking alcohol is a rite of passage. What are your thoughts on this? Um mostly this uh, belief because it's just it's it's it's, uh, it's actually a myth yeah. Mhm. It's most you find it in high schools mostly or in campus where you're told for you to become a man or whatever that you need to use and it's it's very retrogressive because um and unfortunately people react to alcohol differently mm. yeah people uh, especially in terms of if what makes a person become addicted one is um, maybe I should look into that right now is if you're genetically predisposed you'll find that there are families who have if you look back they have uncles who are suffering from alcoholism and a grandfather or maybe a brother an auntie so when you look at your family tree and realize there's an issue with alcohol in it or even even drugs just the same way you find that um some diseases like heart heart disease or high blood pressure or cancer are passed on the same family genes it's mm. the same way alcoholism can be passed to you so knowing that that is possible and i go and drink then i'm i'm at higher chances of it messing up my life in the long term mm. another thing that makes people addicted is um having a mental or a psychological problem that sometimes is not diagnosed or it's diagnosed and you're getting help but you start using so what happens is 
it's your the risk of you getting addicted are higher because you you already the your brain chemicals are not balanced so when you use alcohol you get a relief in the short term but in the long term it causes more damage so some of those things are what makes people get addicted so just knowing that um i might not know what that first drink might do to me or how it will affect me is risky so i think it's a retrogressive uh myth of you have to take alcohol it's a rite of passage because people react to alcohol differently your all our bodies are different yeah and i think that's what people need to keep in mind like how i respond to alcohol mm-hmm. is very different mm-hmm. from how you respond to alcohol yeah sure and i also think we need to practice caution because most times a lot of us don't even know our history you know like for our immediate mm-hmm. family we could like i could know if mm-hmm. my dad is struggling with alcohol but when i don't know beyond my my immediate family mm-hmm. and there's more families that are strange like i could be having mm-hmm. uncles like my parents are not in in touch with their siblings but their siblings actually mm-hmm. do have a drinking problem or they have an alcoholism mm-hmm. problem mm-hmm. so i think it is just important that people just practice caution for reasons of like get, get you don't know there are many other things that are in place not just having the drink mm-hmm. and then it ends there mm-hmm. true yeah. true but most times young people will just want to experiment and what's the thing what is mm-hmm. this thing about experimenting what drives this experimentation okay i think um it's uh for young adults i think adolescence that whole stage uh it's a transition stage uh this they're transiting from being children to becoming adults and with that comes uh a desire to 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 know who am i really i've grown up being what i've been told i am by my parent but now you're at a point where you realize i'm separate from my parent i can be whoever i want to be i get to have a choice to become an adult on who i'll be on the career choices i'll make on the kind of friends i'll have on my sexual identity so that whole identity phase where they are figuring out who am i and who do i want to be in life uh for some that can be a very confusing period uh and for some there's just that curiosity of okay i've always been this hard working student what if i become this popular um fun loving girl instead yeah mm-hmm. how comes i've never explored that side let me see how how would it be if i became that so at times there's that come there's that uh aspect of they are kind of like trying to redefine themselves and that comes with a bit of curiosity and um interest in trying things that possibly they never tried before some could be helpful some could be harmful yeah and the harmful ones would be like experimenting with sex and drugs and alcohol and uh just um you know 
uh, going against your parents' rules just for the sake, because it's like to redefine and see what if I, I wasn't what I've always been told to be. But there's also the helpful side of that curiosity where they try out different uh, giftings. They try out like different things, like they could try to play basketball. Maybe they used to play football or they could try out um, a, a new, something new like dancing or learning how to uh, play a piano. So in some ways, um, it, it's not or that curiosity can is not always a bad thing. However, if it leads them to the wrong thing because of lack of information, it can be quite harmful. And I think that's part of what drives people to be curious to take alcohol is just that wondering like, okay, this thing seems to make other people have fun. Let me see whether I'll have fun when I use it. Or people seem to feel better when they take it. So let me see whether I'll feel better. Let's see if they, they are in a low moment. And they've always seen on movies, when you're low, take a drink and you'll feel better, you know. So there are those messages, subliminal messages we get through media that yeah. can make adolescents and young adults uh, experiment more with alcohol. Okay. Yeah. So what is the one thing you would tell somebody, a young adult who is in that they're in that space where they are fighting that that need to experiment? And the experiment is not the healthful, it's on the other side. Hmm. Alright, so if first of all alcohol um it can it does cause damage to the brain, especially to the undeveloped brain for for uh, people under twenty five. So um, yeah, that's the first thing I would tell them to be careful about it. And then uh, the other thing is that, as we had said earlier, these there are other key things that play that are at play. In terms of alcohol, do you have any genetic predisposition? Do you have any underlying health, mental health problems or psychological issues? Some of those things put you at a higher risk of getting addicted. So you might not be able to handle alcohol as just like, like your friend does. Mm. So those are some of the things you need to look at. And then, of course, prevention works best. So you yeah. don't have to do it just because your peers are doing it. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's important to remember also like alcohol has no, you know, nutritional or value, health value. In fact, it has the opposite, it does harm the body. Mm. Yes, that is true. It's the one thing that actually I think now alcohol has joined the tobacco team because those two have no value whatsoever. If anything, they only have they only harm. Mm. Okay, so then let's talk to let's talk about parents. Okay. <clears throat> what age should parents start talking to the kids about um, alcohol? Because I saw there's an American study that showed that fifty uh, percent of children, yes, likely to use drugs. I mean, rather they are less likely to use drugs than alcohol mm -hmm. if they have. 
conversations about the risk of those those drugs with their parents. Yes. And those who don't, then those who've not had any conversation like that with their parents. Yeah. <clears throat> so basically, that means it's important to have for parents to have a conversation about drugs and alcohol with their kids. So at what age should uh, this conversation start? That's true. Yes, uh, education really does play a role in um, um, in, in in reducing the number of people who take up alcohol and or at least delaying the age at which uh, people begin to drink and the amount so the age i think the younger the better um the younger the better i think it should be age appropriate uh the message you send should be something that your child can understand so uh depending on how young uh, the child is, the message given might be a bit simpler. If it's a younger child who's like three or five, um, I think from school going age, that's a good point at which you begin to have those conversations. So it's, um, so, um, any point, I guess standard would be six, but even younger, simple messages yeah. to three year olds, five year olds, if if especially if they begin to notice that you know there's this drink and they're asking questions you can have that conversation and tell them this is this is you know bad for your body can make your body sick you know simple messages if it's below um 6 years but for 6 and above yes they they have um a better understanding and of course still age appropriate there are things you uh, you may not be able, they may not be able to fully understand it, but the basics of how it can make them sick or it can uh, make them weak, yeah, can be shared as they grow up. That's true. You know, actually, it's, yes. not, it's not different from nutrition because I see when with nutrition, they say when you tell a child, for example, if you're telling them eat your vegetables, you need to tell them why. So when they understand, yeah. they, they are more mm-hmm. likely to act accordingly. So it's the same thing. Like, we don't, yes. we, I think we tend to trivialize or we try to mm-hmm. play, uh, downplay the understanding of children. Mm-hmm. So we imagine they won't understand. And yet they do. Like, they mm-hmm. can relate to the bits that you tell them. Mm-hmm. So once you tell them, mm-hmm. this is not for you, because it does mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Then they are more likely to, they're more likely to follow through. True. And I think this also adds to the the bit of parents not leaving the alcohol and drugs, uh, education to schools, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the teachers. Yes. It is, yeah. First it of is, all, you're not even sure whether these teachers hold the same values as you in terms of their drug alcohol use, exactly. um, and also. As a parent, you have a, a more influence over your child and you're able to um, play that role in a way that a teacher can't because they have many children to, to teach and that's their primary role to teach academic yeah. learning. Yeah, yeah, so it's, yes, it's best done by the parent. I like Even the as the, 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 the teachers reinforce that, let the teachers reinforce, but let it not be their primary role. Yeah. Nice. I really like the way you have you have put it. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, are there are some skills, some life skills that uh, parents need to ensure that their kids, their teenagers, and their their young adults have. Yes. So that they are able to protect themselves from falling into the alcohol trap. Uh, there are some things that parents can uh, teach or at least uh, role play, like show them in, mm-hmm. in situations. And I think one of the important ones is assertiveness, mm-hmm. the ability to, to say no. Uh, and to stand your ground and to also just be clear on what you value and create healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, that's also, um, yeah, so I think assertiveness is one. And I think it comes also with self-confidence and uh, and just building your child's self-esteem because when they are more confident, when they believe in themselves, when they 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 have strong values and um they are more aware of uh what they stand for it's easier for them to know where to draw the line when other people are trying to pull them in a direction that is not right like using alcohol yeah another one would be um stress management coping with negative emotions let me just use that like helping your kids cope better with negative emotions. Because sometimes uh, kids uh, and youth may try, may begin to use alcohol just to feel better. They're not able to cope well with uh, their frustrations or their stressors or certain events. So they, they, they feel drawn to taking alcohol to feel better. So if they learn how to cope better with their emotions, some aspects of stress management and um, whether it's managing anger or sadness or fear so that they can cope with that better, it it would uh, help them not to uh, use alcohol to run away from their emotions or to numb their pain and feel good for a moment. So that's another one that's really critical. And it also helps if you're able to just put in kids just that aspect of resilience, um, just building their the ability to to withstand or persevere difficult times. It's not, and one way to do that is just to delay gratification. So at times, just putting in children that aspect of waiting for good things, huh? like you can. You can tell them like you know after you you do let's say it's a ten year older after you do your chores this week at the end of the week I'll take you out for swimming or something like at times it's just helping them be patient not wanting instant gratification that instant high but building in them that perseverance that willingness to to wait and to put in effort to do something hard so that later on you get something good is also a a good skill that can help them also to avoid alcohol abuse mm-hmm. yeah but there are also others like just helping them to learn decision making and problem solving yeah mm-hmm. there are a number but yeah i think one of the key three ones would be 
assertiveness, stress management, and resilience building. Uh, and like this, this, this actually mirrors that one, especially for delayed gratification. It reminds me, it mirrors, it mirrors something that uh, my last guest Grace mentioned about self-soothing. The way a lot of people, and she said she actually sees that a lot in kids, and mm-hmm. it also with a lot of people who end up mm-hmm. from alcoholism. Is that they can't, give, they don't know how to sit with the 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 painful or the mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Feelings. Mm. So they're always looking for yeah. to solve or to numb whatever they are. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. that people actually do mm. need to handle and sit in mm. in uncomfortable emotions, mm. other than constantly looking on the outside, mm. and then ending up with things that are actually harming them more than they're actually offering solutions. True. True. So let's yeah. go let's go back to okay, rather let's go to a relationship. I'm talking about like a marriage or a family sort of setup. Yes. Where there is a an alcoholism problem and there are children in, involved. Yes. So from your experiences, uh or from your knowledge, what, 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 how does this affect? How do, how are children who grow up in an environment where there is alcoholism, how are they, how are children affected? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I think, uh, depends on various things. I think every case is different, but, um, and one of the things that would make, uh, there to be differences would be one is the degree to which alcohol is used. So if it's just uh, uh, occasional use or if it's heavy usage or addiction, it could be different in terms of the effects on the children. Then the other thing that could make it different is even if it's a, 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 a addiction is involved, um, it's also um, the behavior this parent displays. Huh? Uh, they are those parents who, as much as they are abusers, when they are with their children, they would be very warm and very generous, you know? Some people yeah. see it when their, when their dad was high, that's when he would come with gifts and come <laughs> with, you know, so many things and have so many stories <laughs> and he's the one giving them hugs and, you know, so some, yeah. some people, children's experience of, um, addiction with, with the parent who is using drug may be varied of then there are those who when their dad is drunk they are violent they are abusive they are very neglectful so it mm. it varies depending on the experiences these children have had with the parent who uses drugs or mm. alcohol rather so that's mm. that's one thing to consider it may vary but generally some of the challenges that children often face having a parent with alcohol um, use, uh, particularly addiction, is uh, neglect of some form because once someone is at the stage of addiction, they are not able to take care of others uh, and they're not able to fulfill their roles as a parent, 
and uh, meet the needs of their child. So often this child may feel neglected, um, either in terms of provision of their basic needs or even provision of uh, their need of love, uh, whether it's that need of attention and affection and also just being prioritized. Eh? So they may feel left out on that. And often for children, particularly children below 10 years, they may not, uh, they may interpret that as they not being important. So it really does uh, cause uh, a blow to many children's self-esteem because they feel like there's something else that matters more to this parent than me. Yeah, and oftentimes they get, uh, yeah, they 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 notice that you know dad will spend more time in the, at the bar than at home, or mm. or dad will be more interested, won't listen to me. He'll only uh be uh, focusing on the drink. So there are those experiences children may have that may make them feel like they're not valued and they're not important to this person, or even they're not. Um, their needs are not met, yeah. So, so it, it does affect their esteem. So, um, for younger kids, they they draw a lot of their identity and how they perceive the world is is really drawn a lot from the experiences they've had with their parents. So they they tend to see themselves the way they 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 are treated. Huh? So they meet so by, by younger they, kids. They, they, yes, by younger kids. You mean what age? Uh, younger kids. I I would say below ten. Huh? Below mm-hmm. ten. Okay. Particularly below eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, from zero to around seven, that age group. Yeah. They are mm-hmm. more likely not to understand. Um, the behavior of the parent at times they may not associate it with the alcohol, so they meet they are, they, are, they may take it personally like there's something wrong with me that's why dad doesn't listen to me <laughs> yeah there's you know I'm not important that's why dad never buys me anything but he he'll spend all his money on alcohol you know. Or mm-hmm. that's why dad never comes to visit me in school or never attends or he lies. Yeah. So they take it personally. Like if they feel like they are the problem, it's not really the parent. They're not able to distinguish. Mm-hmm. For the older mm-hmm. ones, uh, eight and above, they, they begin to understand because their, their reasoning ability is a bit higher. They are able to see cause and effect like when dad drinks that's when he does this or when mom drinks that's when she says that so mm-hmm. at that point as they get older let's say eight and above and teens mm-hmm. they may notice and at that point that they may distance themselves from that parent or they may begin to um try and compensate like try and really reach out to this parent you know see whether they can win them over, you know. Um, and at times also, um, you can have, um, as especially as children head towards teenagehood, some may actually pick up the same behaviors. They'll start drinking because it's like, ah, if you can do it, I also can. Huh? Yeah. And others will become defiant and unruly because 
they they are realizing that you know this parent uh you know chose this over me so there's that resistance they feel like upset and angry and at times in processing that they may come off as defiant mm. there are also those who may choose to not to drink and to be good because they want to 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 kind of like show the other parent that you know what i won't end up like dad did i'll live a better life i'll be you know they'll try and compensate by being you know perfectionists they'll try and be their best they'll be there mm-hmm. you know like they'll come out as like they've turned out totally different from their parent mm-hmm. so it, but it does have an impact on how children and young adults see themselves and how they relate with others and um and even their behavior yeah 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 so um yeah so i think uh those are some of the things and yeah there's those unhealthy dynamics that come up in families because of alcohol so at times there are those uh different aspects at times there are those children who may withdraw they won't talk to anyone at home they won't talk to they'll just be in their own world they'll only befriend their few friends or mm. they may become antisocial or um at times you know there are those who may just try and laugh it off and pretend like it doesn't matter nothing will get to me and mm. they can really try and um uh use that defense mechanism not to deal with the fact that this parent doesn't treat me in a way that I would want or this issue is really tearing our family apart mm. yeah and yeah so at times it really does show up in different ways and there are those who could even get sick they get stressed maybe they they don't talk about it they internalize those problems they end up getting ulcers or headaches or constantly getting physical health issues and probably it's because of that stress that they are not able to find an outlet for so that the the effect does vary but generally there's there's that gap that may affect um their self esteem and that may show up in different ways um yeah and the other thing that's important to mention is at times we have what we call parentified children at times we have children who try and fill in the gap for that parent who is not able to perform their role because they are addicted so they'll try to be the ones taking care of the other children they'll be the ones cooking they become very responsible but you talk to them you think you're talking to an adult but they're a child eh? so it's mm-hmm. like they're trying to fill in those shoes because they've noticed there's a gap and they 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 want to make up for it Yeah so at times that can show up in kids as well. Wow, they grow up. They have to grow up because then yeah they yeah. able to play those yeah. roles. Yeah, they just circumstances force them just to grow up because someone has to do the work, someone has to make sure the other kids are doing the right thing, homework is done, or food is there to be eaten, or they have to go to school. Yeah, so they kind of like step up to that but they lose some of the 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 childhood that they should be experiencing. Mhm. Oh wow. All right. So let's talk to let's talk about 
uh, when you are uh, when you're a kid or rather when you are a parent who has a, a chaotic partner so let's say if, if I'm a wife to a husband who drinks and becomes chaotic and mm-hmm. you know those guys who come and they are all you know dramatic mm-hmm. and abusive and all those things so if i'm in such an mm-hmm. environment how do i protect mm-hmm. my kid yes uh it's a difficult place to be in and um yeah at times there's no one size fits all at times people don't have options in terms of what can i really do <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and i recognize that but um it's always important to consider the first thing i think would be the safety the, your personal safety and the safety of your children if this chaotic person is abusive especially physically violent mm-hmm. um yeah i think ensuring you're in a safe space would be critical because yeah you want to preserve your life and the life of your kids and you don't want to put them in a place where they are that can be compromised yeah yeah so that that that's a a critical uh thing to consider and it would mean getting out of that place where this person is if they are violent if mm. they've threatened to harm you or your children um especially uh threats of death yeah mm. yeah but generally physical safety comes first um emotional safety is also something else to consider mm-hmm. um it may not be um yeah it, it it's also something important i know at times for that one it may take a step back considering physical safety but it's still critical because if your kids grow up in a situation where they're constantly demeaned they're constantly abused they're constantly um uh just rejected um it becomes really hard to undo that um and it really affects their their ability to um live life fully yeah so so at times we also say consider that uh how so i think in such situations if you have a partner who's neglectful who doesn't keep their word who at times criticizes your kids at times the 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 options are varied so there are those who would possibly if they are in a position to do those to do that they would separate mm-hmm. and they would see whether this other partner will notice uh their faults come to a place of working on the issue and maybe later on they could reconnect and mm-hmm. possibly during that separation period depending on uh, the level of the 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 relationship with their kids they could still connect mm-hmm. so there are those who would choose to separate there are those who would choose to even divorce if they feel like this has reached a dead end um yeah. uh and there's no way out because at times um you cannot change somebody else yeah and That's at times true. accepting that is hard but it's it's sometimes it's um for some people they do reach the the end of their of their ability to kind of like wait it through mm. then for others who choose to live with a partner it can be really tough um but depending on the level of awareness of their partner and them being able to accept that they have a problem and work on it even if 
there are those moments where they go back. But mm-hmm. if there's some form of uh, understanding and desire to 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 leave this path, uh, some people do stick it out and work it out, yeah. and it does uh, reach a point where it becomes healthy. But it takes time. So I think the considerations to make would be the safety of your children and just also acting in the best interest of your children. What what would be best for them at this moment? And at times, that's not an easy question to answer. But if you look in, into your situation, if you look into the resources and the things you have that can enable you to take care of yourself and your kids, um, at times you may find answers that can help you do what's best for your child. Mm-hmm. Yes. Also for young kids, and especially as a parent, uh, a key role you have is to nurture your child. And you nurture your child through affection and, and discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think also making considerations as to how am I able to show affection to this child um, even though I have a chaotic partner and being intentional because sometimes it can get lost because um, because you're handling other issues, but being intentional on how to show affection and to nurture them in through affection, but also through discipline because at times kids become manipulative when they realize uh, that um, probably... You're not so keen to notice what they're doing wrong. You're not so keen to, you know, show them the right thing to do and to uh, give them limits and consequences when they go against them. So uh, just being intentional in ensuring that is possible um, is important so that they can grow up with the right values and also uh, having their need for love and um having their need for love and also just guidance being there. So those are other considerations to make. If you're able to do that with the other partner around, that's fine. But there are situations where that may not be possible. So trying to see what would work if I'm to raise my child and give them attention and give them discipline and uh, be able to protect them. And in that way, act in their best interests. Can I do that with this partner here? Mm. And trying to see what's possible or what would be the better thing to do in that yeah. situation. Yeah. If if I may just ask. Yes. Is, is it possible for in a situation like this where there is one one parent who is who is completely out of it? Yes. They are the neglectful one, and I'm I'm the one who is here with my children. Yes, it's possible for one parent to raise healthy children, and I mean healthy in the whole full spectrum, emotion, especially emotionally. Hmm. Is it possible for you to be to fully cater mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for your children? Hmm. Alone. It's a hard question to ask. A hard question to ask, and they may not be a straightforward answer. Mm-hmm. The thing is this there are different factors that make a child grow up to be a well adjusted adult. Mm-hmm. And parenting is definitely one of it. 
it helps a long way when you have supportive, at least one supportive parent, because there are people who've been raised in single parent families. So yeah, there's a possibility where you as the sober parent, you as the parent who has poured into this child can do it. But we also don't live in isolation. And the thing is, um, as much as yes, you, you're the parent, there are still people who can stand in for you and help you in nurturing this child. And for some people, it would be the grandparents. For some people, it would be a teacher. For some people, it would be, um, yeah, the, the, the house help, the watchman. So I think the community surrounding this child also yeah. does, does, does offer such a supportive role. And that can really stand in the gaps that may be there. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And at times, even for children, there's also a part, as much as yes, there are all this out, out supportive environment. There's also aspects of, of, of personal factors within the child that mm-hmm. can help them, um, you know, kind of like overcome the initial challenges they met earlier in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and also their, it could be something to do with their personality, something to do with their belief system that can kind of like push them forward to overcome the challenges that they've had, even though uh, they've had a parent who's who's had abuse. So there are so many other factors that can kind of like uh, be there that would give a child um, a better chance of being well adjusted as a child. So yes, there is hope that yeah, you you'll ra- you can raise a well adjusted child even though they have uh, had a parent who has had problems with addiction. I think the biggest takeaway take for me is that you don't need to feel like you're doing this alone. There's always a community. Yes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, you can just yes. find you need, and I think it's even more support, so you don't have to do yes. it alone. Yes. Just yes. because one particular person is missing doesn't mean you're completely on your own. True, true, true. All right. So in, in such a setup again, are there expectations that parents have on such children that they need to drop? Yes, there are certain expectations that maybe may arise in some. Mm-hmm. And one of them would be that uh, your child should understand what's going on. Mm. I think at times parents assume that children know what is happening in terms of one of my parents has an addiction problem. So they may, they may not know and it may be very confusing for them to see their parents' behavior change from time to time. So at times they may be that, they may be that, uh, expectation that they should just, you know, uh, understand and just let it go. Just, you know, um, yeah. So I think just, Allowing your child to voice their questions and at times in an age appropriate and, 
manner or just telling them what's going on makes help. So just expecting them to accept and also understand what's going on may be something you may need to let go of. And then also just expecting that child to to be mature. I think at times we expect children to be adults, like they they should be, you know, responsible and they should do everything yeah. right. I, I think just expecting them to um grow up. Yeah, I think <laughs> expecting them to just be good and do everything right and to mature and to grow up because they're still children and at times children when they are in a difficult circumstance may behave in ways that are yeah like they they may act out they may you know withdraw they may have certain behaviors but it's because they are still growing and they are not the ability to cope with emotions and understand situations is still limited and they should be allowed to just be children rather than expect them to just grow to you know snap out of it so i think just being more compassionate and realizing that children are not small adults they it takes time for them to mature and so at times they may struggle with uh, the difficulties that come with that family and they may need more support they're the ones to be supported as much as um yes there is this parent with a, a drug issue yeah mm. so just not forgetting them in the process yeah i think you're overwhelmed yes. with the problem because anyway the elephant yeah. in the room is the alcohol true that, that you forget you have responsibility over the, the kids yes and so half the time you're just thinking uh, they are you feel like they're taking from you and yet they actually do need to like they, they it's allowed that's the stage they yeah are yeah yes they they are children that's what they need your support yeah that's true and unfortunately yeah i know it can get really tough especially for the parent who who is um who doesn't have the addiction problem they may have a lot on their hands yeah. Um. But yeah, just trying. I guess it's just being cognizant that okay, these children are children, and they need uh affection. They need support. They may not understand or emotionally have the capacity to deal with this and handle it in a mature way. That's true. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So- so how do the adults now the adults in all in the kids lives and mm-hmm. basically the adults how do they keep how how do they protect the kids from alcohol use or harmful alcohol use i think one of the most important things just like we've said is trying to avoid the young person to use alcohol as as long as they can so if that means you keeping your home alcohol free those are some of the things you can do then another thing that that Brenda had spoken about was education psycho educate like our children our young adults our teenagers about the dangers and risks of using alcohol what it does to the body what it does to your brain and even what it does to yourself yourself in terms of your self concept as a person it damages you it lives with low self esteem so some some yes those are some of the things 
maybe you can do, including teaching them some of the skills that Brenda had spoken about uh, in regards to anger management and stress management, assertiveness, yeah. uh, problem solving, and and helping your child identify healthy coping mechanisms because the reality is life gets difficult and your child will will go through hurdles and uh, challenges but making them or teaching them and educating them on healthy ways to cope with the stressors of life is another important thing mm-hmm. and <clears throat> also building your child's inner strength and and resilience to life just like we had spoken about delayed gratification yeah, yeah. so those are some of the things maybe you as a parent should teach your child or adult, young adult. I think I think it's important is to give uh, having more more stories where fun does not include alcohol because I know there's a certain stage, mm-hmm. especially in the mm-hmm. early twenties, twenty to twenty five. Actually, mm-hmm. up until thirty, you still hear about people who are giving stories of how they had a fun a fun event sure. or a fun a fun night, and the fun is basically alcohol, what they drank and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. I think we need to have more stories where fun does not yes. include alcohol. True. Yeah, because yeah, young people need young people need to know that they can actually have fun mm-hmm. without necessarily having alcohol. Yes. Mm. And this brings me to the next question of what are some healthy habits or some habits that you need feel to be normalized mm-hmm. to help reduce this uh, alcohol use among young people? Yeah. I One of the things that uh, needs to be normalized is, again, just echoing what you said, like mm-hmm. just having fun without alcohol because many times when you go to parties or when you go to outdoor events or even like staff parties or even like um, other activities, you'll find that there'll be a lot of alcohol and it's like without it, even if it's like a team building, without it, it's like not fun, mm. including even like wedding engagements and things like that. So I guess uh, social events should, uh, and even just other fun or relaxing events, quote unquote, uh, should be there and without alcohol. Um, and if that became a practice, more and more in organizations, in within families, within communities, um, I, it would be socially accepted um, that yeah, you could have fun without alcohol, and also that it's socially acceptable not to drink. Yeah. Yes. So I feel like just uh, social events without alcohol. Um, should be something that we can embrace more and more in the organizations we are in or even in uh, in our homes and family activities, community activities, and mm-hmm. just having uh, clean fun without alcohol. That's, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I guess uh, having less, having uh, programs, media, media, um i guess media uh influence is really important so i believe just 
being able to limit the amount of programs that kind of um the that number of programs either we watch as an individual or even as uh the communication society could limit the amount of programs that kind of like project alcohol as as a positive lifestyle so trying to yeah. limit that because those messages do influence young people to use alcohol so if they mm. could limit it to only programs that come after 9 p.m can project alcohol use in a positive light you know such yeah. small things could be uh become uh limit the the influence alcohol has on young people yeah mhm something else i guess it's also just um including fun and hobbies in our lifestyle because at times we 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 don't know what else to do <laughs> exactly at times people people are not actively engaged uh, during their free time or you know uh, a lot of idle time where people feel gaps could be easily uh, people easily find themselves either drinking alone or going to club to drink with friends so i guess mm-hmm. having more positive activities picking up hobbies picking up activities that we can do during our free times that are fulfilling and fun and engage us positively that leave us with you know that endorphin release in a good way yeah. um, whether it's dancing or jogging but just being able to pick up a habit that you know this is just for me to feel good and it's a good habit and uh and and just doing it intentionally so that you can have those moments where you you on purpose have a good a positive high <laughs> yeah but not on alcohol using something an activity uh a, a, a talent a hobby and doing that intentionally I completely agree with you and especially it needs to be encouraged a lot among young people because True. you know they talk about when you establish things early you mm-hmm. mentioned dancing when you started like as one of the things that you love to do even I love to dance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I usually find like sometimes when I feel uh like I'm feeling out of my element or I'm feeling down yes. like I yes. I think about dancing and when I go dancing I am completely back to myself and the thing yes. is when these things are introduced early yes you already have like you've already established the thing that you keep going back to so and these things are important mm-hmm. because it's not just about mm-hmm. that feeling it's also about other de- other developments you know your personal development if it is a physical activity then definitely that's good for your health mm-hmm. yeah so that needs to be encouraged a lot so whether it's a sport you know swimming mm-hmm. cycling whether it's dance whatever but those things true. need to be encouraged true true have a have something that works for you exactly yeah yeah and i think i think that's something that uh, as you see the younger the better and i think a, a good point would be you know through school and even at home let's not always just focus on our children studying give them opportunities where they can do other activities that they'll discover 
um, you know, their interests and begin yeah. to build on them. And that way, as they get older, they'll go to those things rather than alcohol or, you know, other risky behaviors to feel good. So true. Yeah. Young people specifically can be find information about alcohol and drug abuse. Um, first of all, I'd like to applaud the work that Nakada is doing. They are doing a lot of education and counseling and all that. Um, so they even have a helpline. So the youth or anyone in in trouble can reach them through their helpline, which is a free service. The number is 1192. 1192. Yes, they can also visit their website, which is Mm -hmm. www.nakada.go.ke. So they'll basically help you get um, on the phone, counseling services. If you need inpatient or outpatient, they'll refer you to the facilities. Okay, that's it. Yes, yes. Okay, we have. Um, yeah, so I think there are inst- institutions that can help with rehabilitation or just to do assessments if you'd want to do a test to find out if you know uh, you as an individual has an alcohol use problem. Uh, there are certain psychiatrists and addiction counselors that can be found in various places yeah. including Chiromo Hospital, even Gertrude's Hospital. There are those places where you could find some support if you have alcohol problem, use problem or suspect that someone you know may be struggling with it. There are other ways you can refer them. Yeah, Nakada is a good resource for that. And these resources could also be helpful for you, who is a guardian, not just one who is suffering yourself. If you are taking care of somebody, if you have a spouse or a child, so even you could make use of these resources, including the counseling. Sometimes even you are the one who needs the counseling, because you need able to make decisions you need to be able to you know know how to support the people you are taking care of yes, so, so these processes are just not for those who are directly true, true. the alcoholism all right true. so thank you so much ladies for being with me today so i'm going to give each of you a minute to give your parting shot brenda what is the one thing you would want people to remember if they forget everything else? <laughs> Alcohol use can delay, stop, or even regress brain development for people below 25 years. So it does harm young people. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Precise. <laughs> um, I guess for me, the my parting shot would be: if you don't try it, then you don't get hooked. 
So meaning that prevention is better than cure. Mm-hmm. Um, why why test the waters if you if you can be able to avoid all the risks and the and the effects from it if you can keep away from it. So yeah. that would be my parting shot. Thank you. Where can people find you guys? If people wanted to find you, where would they? Okay, I I can share my number. So I practice in a hospital. Yeah. No. Uh, but my number is zero seven two four seven eight seven one zero six. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. So I work in in uh, Gatwick's Children's Hospital as a play therapist and counselor, and I've given you my contact in case you would want me to assist you in any way. I'd be mm-hmm. glad to. All right. Um. Yeah, so I'm currently practicing addiction counseling mm-hmm. privately. You can reach me on zero seven eight nine nine three six five six four. All right. Yes. Okay. Mm. This guys, I have learned so so much. This has been very very insightful and very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful that you accepted my invitation. <laughs> welcome. Thank You're you for welcome. having us. It was good to be able to talk through these issues. Yes, more awareness is needed because, uh, yes, we don't want to see young people end up in a dark place and mm. it could be stopped. That is so true. I cannot say enough just how much I've learned. And I also love the way uh, certain things have come up that have come up in the previous uh, episodes, which are basically emphasis issues to do with people need to learn how to sit with uncomfortable emotions, being able to look inward as opposed to outward to be able to solve uh, problems, uh, being able to delay gratification, you know. So all of these things, uh, I found them very, very useful and I really hope you have learned quite as, quite as much. Uh, please do share with uh, the young people in your house or your friends, your nieces, your nephews. Also, as a parent, do share with other parents because the information given here is very useful information that will help you uh, know how to handle your children, some of the skills that you need to impart on your children. And uh, don't forget to rate the show, uh, follow if you haven't followed yet, and also activate the notification button so that every time there's a new episode uploaded or published, then you get notified. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode and until the next time, take care of yourselves and be good. (laughs) 